The song we sang, Magnify, O Magnify, is taken from the 34th Psalm. When the psalmist said, I will exalt your name, I will magnify you with my lips. Am I not good, guys? Ah, electronics. I will praise thee with, magnify, I'll exalt you with, exalt your name and magnify you with my lips. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21 that whether he lived or died, he wanted to magnify God in his body. And as he wrote to the Corinthians, he would say, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And throughout the epistles, you have the statements to pray without ceasing, always offering thanksgiving to the Lord. The Hebrew writer will say things similar to that, to offer our praise with the fruit of our lips and thanksgiving from our heart. But in Psalm chapter 69, Psalm chapter 69, the text that we'll use this morning, he says, verse 29, but I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. And so we think about magnifying God. I ask the question, first of all, why is it that we magnify God? What's the need for doing so? The word magnify is an interesting word. It's a word that means to bring things close into inspection. You think of magnifying something, you, you might think of a magnifying glass or a microscope. That's when you take something small and you make it appear large. But then when you take a telescope, you focus in on something that's large and you don't increase the size, you see the size that it is you bring that which is large into close sight. That's the word magnify. It can have one of two reasons, either one of those. What the psalmist is saying here is, magnify the Lord, see His greatness, and bring His greatness into sharp vision. It's not like we're trying to put God in competition with something else to make God bigger than something else. God is already great. God is already big. And so the psalmist is saying, when you see the Lord, see his greatness. See how large he is. Bring him into close vision. And so he says, I will magnify God with, with thanksgiving. Why is that the case? <laughs> because as we often sing, we often forget. We are forgetful people. How I many is the time is that we have recognized something that God has done for us and thought, I will never forget that. That will stick with me. I'll never forget it. And then turn right around the next day, the next breath, and forget. And so you think about that. I turn to the hundred and the, uh, to Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, verses 20 through 21. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived 
Ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give, him thanks, give thanks to Him because they became futile in their thinking and their hearts were darkened. Notice it says they knew God. These are not people who are ignorant. These are not people who don't know better. These are people who know God. In fact, the last part of Romans chapter 1 says they know good and well what they're doing in the end of the judgment that's to come. And we ask the question then, how is it that, that you know God, that you fail to honor Him and give Him thanks? And in fact, you go on in Romans chapter 1, he said they substitute the truth for a lie and the, create, the, cre the created for the creature, the creature for the created. It's because we're prone to forget. And so in the 103rd Psalm, Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 through 2, David will say this. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He says, so don't forget what God has done for us. Turn to Psalm chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77. And look at verse 11 through 13. Psalm 77 verses 11 through 13. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work. And meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? Remember that thing of competition I talked about a moment ago? We're not trying to make God bigger than another God. The question is, what God, little g, what idol is great or like our God? Do you see how large he is, how immense he is? And so David will say, magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify him. Get that telescope out and see how large he is. And don't forget, don't forget what he has done for us. Maybe the first step of immorality, the first step toward immorality is in Romans chapter 1 again. Because they did not honor him or give him thanks because they left God out. I'm reminded of Deuteronomy chapter 8. All through that chapter, he tells the children of Israel, now this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to go into the land, and there you're going to have houses you didn't build. You have vineyards you didn't plant. Everything that is in that land, you had nothing to do with establishing. But when you get there, beware lest you be lifted up with pride and forget and forget God. The question might arise then, how in the world do you forget God? And the answer is, we don't really forget Him. It's not like it's, okay, we hit the hard drive and delete the hard drive here, and He's no longer in the hard drive. And that's true in Deuteronomy chapter 8. The fact that you forget God says you might remember Him, says you've remembered something about Him. But the point is, is that we have put something else of greater value, of greater importance in the place of God. And so he says, you magnify God. You pull that telescope out and keep him in sharp focus all the time so you remember his place, remembering how great that he is. And so you see the need for it. That then brings 
to my mind another question, and that is, why the need to magnify God in thanksgiving? Why do we have the need to magnify God in thanksgiving? When we magnify God in thanksgiving, what we're doing is recognizing something. We're recognizing His graciousness. It's not just His greatness, but we're also recognizing that the giver is greater than the receiver. And to magnify God, then says, we offer thanks to Him, recognizing that He is greater than we are. To magnify with thanksgiving is the ultimate expression of a compliment. You know, thanksgiving is not always used with the word thanks in it. Sometimes a thanksgiving is in paying a compliment to somebody. Someone does something gracious for you. A time of need that you have in your life. And someone supplies something for you. And you say, let me tell you what he or she has done for me. What you're recognizing is the place of the giver. And the exaltedness of that giver and how that giver then has done something that has been greater than what you could have provided for yourself. We're paying the ultimate, ultimate compliment. Have we ever been at the place where, where God's greatness and His faithfulness we have forgotten because we've forgotten how great that He is and we failed to compliment Him and offer Him thanks? I know we say we'd never do that. Once again, we find ourselves in that contradiction. We think about the greatness of all that God has provided for us. And we tell others about that. That's complimenting God. That's magnifying Him with thanksgiving. Again, couple of passages to think about. Look at Psalm chapter 35. Psalm chapter 35. And David approaches this in two different ways. Group number one are those who magnify themselves. Look at verse 26. Psalm 35 verse 26. Let them be clothed with shame and honor who magnify themselves Against me. On the other hand, number two, there are those who magnify the Lord. Look at verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. There are two groups of people people who love to magnify God and those who love to magnify themselves. And David is saying, let us be in the second group. The group that loves to magnify God. Is it indicative of our sinful insensitivity? Is it indicative of our own foolishness, our own trust and our own strength? Our own intellect, our own power? That says, I give greater compliments to myself than I do God because I glorify myself? When we glorify ourselves, we're saying we are greater givers than God is. 
And God, we're going to give you something because we're greater than you are. No, we need to leave that aside. You see, this idea of remembering to magnify God assaults us where we live. It assaults us in our very pride. It hits our very pride because in our pride, we exalt ourselves and call ourselves greater, giving ourselves glory and God the less. But listen again. Listen again to some words. Look look at Psalm chapter 50. Psalm chapter 50. Look beginning with me in verse 9 of Psalm chapter 50. Psalm chapter 50 and look at verse 9. I will not accept the bull from your house or goats from your foals. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. I know all the birds of the hills and all the moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of the bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High? He says, Call upon the Lord in the day of trouble, and I will deliver and glory, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. What are these people saying? They're saying, Lord, look at the plate full we brought you. Look here, we, we brought you the food. We brought, we brought you the, we brought you all these sacrifices. You want more sacrifices? You want more rams? You want more blood in the street? We can bring more rams. We can, bring, we can make the table even more full. They think that God's satisfied because they're bringing Him sacrifices. He says, look, I don't want another bull. I don't want another ram. First of all, what you missed is they're all mine to begin with. How are you going to give me back what's already mine? How are you going to glorify me by giving me back what is already mine? That's folly. He will say in verse 17, what I want from you is I want a contrite heart. I want the kind of heart that will come and bow before me, not the kind of heart that will extol and magnify the sacrifices and the number of bulls that we give, the number of rams that we offer. We'd translate that the number of songs we sing, the number of prayers we pray, the number of times we keep the Lord's Supper, the number of times we've attended. Let's make sure we got everything all there. Look, at, look, look how I've attended all my life, Lord. I hadn't missed a service. Look at my, my record is pure here. I get the award for having not missed a service and look how I've honored you. He said, I'm not interested in that. But I'm interested in your heart. And you have failed to honor me and glorify me and offer me thanks from your heart. And what I desire from you is more than what you have offered with bulls and rams. What's that kind of thinking grow out of? That kind of thing he grows out of our pride. Just look at how great I am and how much I've offered you, Lord. And that grows out. We're glorifying ourselves. We're telling God we are worthy of more attention and we are greater than he is. And God said, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. So how are some ways, when we think about that, how are some ways that we can Make this sort of practical for us or put some meat on the bones or walk it off the face, so to speak. If you'd like to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. I want to walk you through this passage because I think this passage gives us a number of things to think about God and what He has done for us that is worthy of us magnifying Him, worthy of us glorifying Him, and worthy of us offering thanks to Him. 
So we all know what week this is. It's the week of, we call Thanksgiving a national holiday. And when we make our list that we're going to be thankful for, that will be genuine. But it's interesting, when you look throughout the Bible, and you begin to mark the things throughout the Bible that Thanksgiving is offered for, it's more for spiritual things than it is material things. And I want you to see that in the first Chronicles chapter 16. First of all, look at verses 8 and 9. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Here you see the God of history. Magnify God because of what? Because of all his wondrous works. Tell of his wondrous works. As the chronicler was writing that, do you think it might have entered into the minds of all of God's people, Israel, Judah, of going all the way back to that deliverance from Egypt? And all the way back to how God had provided them throughout the wilderness for 40 years, their clothes never wearing out, their shoes never wearing out, never going hungry. I mean, they had a plateful every day, but all they did was complain about the plateful. They got tired of Taco Bell and they wanted Red Robin. But he said, I, I fed you all this time. Tell of all his wondrous works. If we were to take the time to go around this audience, person by person, and say, tell of all the wondrous works in your life. We could fill more than an hour of talking about how God in history has acted through our lives. Who brought us to this point this day? Tell of all his wondrous works. Second, look down at verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. You think they might have reflected upon how they were delivered from darkness? That night when the world was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. But yet in every home of every Hebrew there was light. And from that darkness came a Passover. And everyone was delivered, delivered from darkness. Paul will say in Colossians chapter 1, we have been delivered from darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, his blessed son by his blood. We have been what? Delivered from darkness. Do we appreciate the salvation we have being delivered from darkness? Do we remember how dark the darkness was when we remembered how dark we were? How lost we were? How hopeless we were? He says, sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Remember the God of history, remember the God who delivers. Verse 25. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Remember the God of character. The God of mercy, the God of long-suffering, the God of kindness, and yes, the God of wrath. He said, great is the Lord and great to be praised. Why? Because 
not that it's in competition with other gods, but because he is the God, the only God. And the only God who made the heavens. Look at verse 34 and verse 35. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 35, say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Here is the God who hears. The psalmist will say in chapter 34, I cried to the Lord, he heard my prayer. In Psalm 3 and verse 4, he said, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. In the 66th Psalm, he said, God has heard me. He has attended to my voice, the voice of my prayer. Does that just leave us with a wow? The psalmist said, I cried to the Lord my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. We cry to the Lord, save us, and he hears us from his holy hill. That is awesome to think about. And yet not included in 1 Chronicles 16, I will add this. He's the God who provides. Paul will say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, May God supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ. He's the God who provides. He is the God who hears. And finally, back to 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 36. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all his people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Did you get that? Then all his people said, Amen, praise the Lord. He's the God of covenant people. He hasn't left us alone. What he says, I'm going to bring you not only to covenant with me, I'm going to create a covenant people with you. Then all the people said, Amen. That's powerful. Here is the God who supplies Here's the God who hears. Here's the God of covenant people. Here's the God of character. Here's the God who delivers. And here's the God who, of history. Is it any wonder the psalmist will say, magnify the Lord, oh, magnify the Lord? <laughs> Isn't that powerful stuff to think about? And so when we say thanks to God, it's not just a platitude we're offering. It's not just being polite because the right time of the day, the turkey's on the table, the ham is cut, mashed potatoes and dressing are all there before us. Okay, time out. Pause the football game. Let's say thanks because that's what we always do. No, thanksgiving is magnifying God. And us reminding ourselves of how great he is. I don't know we need a national holiday to do that. But I'm awfully thankful we have a national holiday that makes us stop and think about that. The story is told of a little girl that's in the hospital. She's bed bound. And so one of the ladies from the church came to visit the little girl. After visiting for a while, the little girl asked the lady from church, would you like to play a game with me? And the lady said, sure, I'd love to. 
Well, the little girl's bed was stationed right by the window, so the little girl could see out the window, could see the skies. And about the time that the little girl asked that, it was beginning to get dark outside, and the stars were beginning to show. She said, here's the game that I play. For every star I see, I name a blessing. I'm thankful for my mother, for my father, for my dog. She said, but I have a problem. I run out of stars before I run out of Thanksgiving. Do we run out of stars before we run out of thanks? Magnify the Lord with Thanksgiving. If we want to compliment Him, the greatest compliment we can do is bow and say thank you for delivering us for all your wonderful works, for all your provisions, for your heart and your character and your love and giving us a covenant people we can be part of. Magnify the Lord, oh magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. As I begin, so I close. And we mean it with all our heart when Jody and I say, Thank you. Thank you all. And we thank God for bringing us into your lives. Let's pause for one prayer of thanks. Oh God, we're, we fail with words to be able to adequately express our immense love for you, how great you are, how you delivered your children from bondage and delivered lost man from bondage and darkness through Christ. Dear God, we fail with words to express how abundantly rich and filled we are because of your wonderful provisions that you've made both materially and even greater spiritually. We're so thankful for your God of, of love and mercy and kindness, but we recognize that you're also a God of, of justice. And we're so thankful you've made provision for grace instead of meeting our own justice. And your God, you provide our table sumptuously, abundantly. And you provide our hearts till they overflow with gratitude because of the gift you offer to your son. And dear God, may we never take this covenant people for granted. May we always be appreciative and thankful that you have given us one another, faults and all. And all those faults and weaknesses, you still love us. Please hear our cry in the holy hill. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Amen. Well, if there's something we can do for you this morning, we'd love to do that. We'd love to help you any way we can. So why don't you come while we stand and while we sing.
Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can, but thank you for connecting with us.